welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Let's stand up for a minute. I'm going to do a little bit of a carryover from last week and probably a little more teachy. Um, just to do a bit of equipping um, from Shredded Sunday, who were here last Sunday. We were shredding this and we were shredding that. And um, a scripture that the Lord dropped in my heart. Now, you know, it's a popular New, New Year's scripture, but it was a word that the Lord dropped in my heart for this year. And it's out of Isaiah 43. I'm going to try to re- read it without my glasses here. But verse 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Do not remember the former things. Say that. Say, do not remember the former things. Look at the person next to you. Say, do not remember. Say, forget it. The former things, nor consider the things of old God himself is saying, behold. And when the Lord says, behold, he's saying, take a look. And in fact, take another look. Take a third look. Take a fourth look. Behold, you guys. Behold, church. I will do a new thing. Amen? God is doing a new thing. Let's say, say God is doing a new thing. What he did last year is what he did last year. What he did the year before is what he did. But I want to be here for the new thing. Don't you want to be here for the new thing? And we're going to walk through just for a few minutes of, you know, that process of getting there. And we started it last week. Um, but we got to let some, we got to let some things go. And, and uh, or we got to let some things go. But um, I, I don't know who I was saying this to this year. But have you guys seen that movie Groundhog Day? Who? Who's seen the movie Groundhog Day? I've heard so many people refer to this movie during this pandemic, endemic, whatever you that you want to call it, that has just felt like Groundhog Day, you know? And I'm saying in Jesus' name, it's not going to be another Groundhog year. It's not. And guess what? Groundhog Day is February 2nd, and if I saw that Groundhog, I'd just like push him back in that hole and say, not today, Satan. <laughs> we don't want to see you. We don't want to see you. And in fact, spring's coming soon, too, while I'm declaring that it's not a groundhog year. Spring is coming soon. And like the scripture says out of Song of Solomon, the winter is over. And then what does it say? The time of singing has come. It's a new day, church. We're going to rise up and we're going to sing about Jesus. Amen. Okay, let's sit down for a minute. And uh, I was... Um, I'm just going to talk for a minute before I get into it, but um, I was teaching a bunch of worship leaders online from a few different countries from around the world, and um, while I was on Zoom with all of them, I saw all these birds. Well, they were seagulls. I don't know if seagulls count as birds, but (laughs) birds. (laughs) Dirty bird. (laughs) They kind of eat all the junk and everything, but it was, we're we're living in Greendale right now, waiting on our house to be built. If you guys want to say a prayer about that, you go at her. Maybe it will help if we just get the church to pray every single day. Maybe we need to call another fast for our house to get done. (laughs) But we're living in this wonderful space, and we're so grateful uh, for this space. But as I was looking out the window, there's like hundreds of seagulls, hundreds of seagulls. And, you know, as I'm talking to these worship leaders, I see these birds go up, and these birds are going down. These birds are going up, and these birds are going 
um, going up and they're going down. And I begin to think about these worship leaders that were on this call, but I begin to think about all of you. And I begin to think about the body of Christ, how so many people have been trying to take flight this last year, this, you know, the, the year before, and then this last year, and even now, and it's like, is this our year? Is this the year where my hopes and dreams are going to come true? Is this the year where the scriptures that God has spoken to me is, is going to come to pass? And it's like some of us have even had false starts. I'm saying death to false starts in your life in the name of Jesus, that you and your family are going to take flight this year. It is a new day. You are going to be the bird that's going to get off the ground and fly higher and higher and higher in flying because you were created to fly. You were created to fly. The Bible refers to us as those who wait upon the Lord. What does it say? Those who wait upon the Lord. Uh-huh. It's okay if it's different translations. You got the gist of it. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings as eagles. Then it says that they shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. You were created to fly. Say, I was created. Say, I was created to fly. You know, there's time for it to be on the ground, and there's, you know, there's time that we got to get maintenance, and we got to be in the, or the hangar, you know, I think that's what it's called, that we got to be in the hangar, and we're getting a little tune-up, and maybe some new tires and stuff. We've had all of that. It's time to fly in the name of Jesus. It is a new day, and I want us as a church to get excited about what God is doing in the church, because what God, first of all, for us to do, to have his way through us, he's doing a work in us, and I believe that that has really been taking place for the last couple of years, is that God has been doing a deep work in the church. I sense it on nights like tonight, like his chat. I think we could have gone easily back into worship tonight, easily. Have you not noticed? It's just like any time we gather, you just sense the presence of the Lord. That's, that's God's sign saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I go before you. I go behind you. I'm beside you. I'm Emmanuel. I'm with you. That's God saying to our church, you are not alone. That's God saying to you and your family, you have been called for such a time as this, and I'm going to show you because every time you come together, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. Church, the limits are coming off. And uh, so we had shredded Sunday last Sunday. Who was here again? Who was here Put a bunch of shredders up here. So what, if you weren't here, what Shredded Sunday is, is um, well, this year we changed it, but it was at the last day of the fast or the last Sunday of the fast. And during that 21 days as we're fasting the things that the Lord tells us to fast, we're also thinking about things that the Lord wants to remove from our life. Maybe it's a pattern. Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's relationship or relationships that need to go. Maybe it's lies that have become limiters in our life. You know, maybe you deal with the lie of I'm not enough or I'm not good enough. Uh, maybe it's the lie of I'm a failure and uh, I'm not talented enough. And uh, for some people, you know, I've been thinking about this. Someone brought it up the other day. We might have to shred some past successes. That's a different thought, hey? You know, because we can get stuck looking back where it's saying, remember not the former things. You know, we got to shred some stuff. And we're going to, I don't want to get too far ahead in my message. But anyway, we did a whole bunch of shredding. And it was awesome. And it's always fun. And it always feels really good. Hey, just like walk out of here. Everyone's feeling like a million bucks. You just feel like you can take on, on the world. Um, but what happens after Shred It Sunday? That's a little bit of what I want to talk about tonight. Because um, I love the equipping 
you know, the, the equipping stuff. You know, let's, let's make a pre-choice choice that this is going to be our year. Let's make a pre-choice choice that the things that we shred are gone in the name of Jesus. So I was texting my family last night about a title for the message. Actually, interestingly enough, now that I think about it, not one of them wrote back. <laughs> I, don't, I think they're like, what is she even talking about? But uh, I don't know what I'm going to title this. You can call it whatever you want. But, you know, um, I'm just thinking right now it was like shred it and forget it. Amen? Shred it. Say shred it. And forget it. And, and just as I'm saying that, I'm reminded about something that Jake said. Oh, this was like a month or two ago, um, just as he was speaking. And I've thought about it so many times that I know that it has to have been the very spirit of God saying it himself. He said, don't, or why are you trying to resuscitate things in your life that God has taken out of your life? The dead things, let them be gone. It's a new day. We shred it. We're going to forget it, and we're going to walk forward in faith this year. Amen. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. Okay, so we don't have a projector tonight, obviously. Uh, props to all of, you, all of you who knew the thousand words that we sang tonight <laughs> in worship. Um, but if you're taking notes tonight, um, I got three main points that we're going to talk about. I just want to keep it really simple. Uh, number one is forget. Say forget. Number two is fixed and focus. Say fixed and focused. And number three is forward. I love the word forward. Let's say forward. I'm ready to go, man. I'm always like, okay, chin up and charge the mount. We're going to go. But you know what? The older I get, the more I realize it doesn't actually work that simply. There actually has to be some steps before that so I can keep walking ahead and not have false starts in my life. So if you have a Bible, let's open it up tonight to Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14. And I think this is the New Living Translation, but I'm not sure because I didn't write it down, but it looks like it is. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. But he said, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Verse 13, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus, say focus, on one thing, forgetting the past. Say forgetting the past. And looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. He's saying, you know, we, we want to look forward to what lies ahead, but what he's saying is you got to do one thing. He's saying that you have got to forget the past to be able to look forward to what's, uh, to what's ahead. And I want to say it's okay to look back. Okay, there's actually a good looking back, and we're going to look at a scripture just so that I can tell, you know, because you could be like, well, is it wrong to look back? Pastor Jenny said that I can't look back. Is it really bad? And I'm going to give you a couple of different examples to show you that there's a, there's a good looking back, and there's a looking back that actually isn't so good for us. So, like, if we look at Psalm 63, if you have a Bible, you can open up there. We should have given out prizes for the people who turn there the fastest, like Kids Church. Oh, God, you are my God, and earnestly I seek you. My soul, it thirsts for you. My flesh, it longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Seems like now, doesn't it? I think it seems like the times that we're in. I have seen you. I love this part. I've seen you in the sanctuary, beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. So what he's saying is, is I can get through this season 
because I can look back on my life and see that I saw God in the sanctuary. I beheld his power and his glory, that if God did it before, he will do it again. So as the psalmist is reading this, he was looking back, but what was it giving him? What was it giving him? Hope. It was giving him strength. It was giving him grace to be able to stand in the season of being in a season where the the land was dry and he was feeling thirsty. So how do I know, and I'm trying to be practical for some of you young people, okay, how do I know the difference between uh, if looking back is good or bad? You know, because have you ever looked back and you just knew it wasn't good? Have you ever? Hands? You just look back and it was like, oh, this isn't, you know, and then like two days later, you're looking back and three days later and you're just like, oh, man. and you become to get sad, don't you? You get sad and you can become negative. But then you can look at the psalmist here. He's looking back and it's just like, wow, it's giving him strength in life to be able to carry him through the season. You'll know that it's healthy or you'll, you'll know that it's not healthy or holy because that looking back will cause you to be defeated. It will cause you to stumble and, if, and, and it will also have you, or cause you to have clouded thinking and have no hope for now and for the future. It kind of reminds me of Lot in Lot's life where, where they were instructed not to look back. And what happened as she's just looking at the city that's just going up in flames, what happened? She looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. The enemy has a way of uh, assaulting our minds to get us look at look at the past to where he just wants to completely render us useless, but that's not going to happen in the name of Jesus. But then like this psalmist, there's a looking back that wasn't like, wasn't that wonderful? You know, wasn't that a wonderful time? In, in the presence of the Lord. Wasn't that such a wonderful season? It just gives me hope that if God did it before, he'll do it again. Just looking back when the Lord healed my brother years ago of cancer, I can look back and I can say, the Lord healed my brother, and because he healed my brother, he can heal this person again. He can heal David again in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. See, if all we see is the past, church, we will miss what's here and now. Have you ever noticed those people? It's like all they're posting is like the past, the past, the past, which again isn't necessarily wrong, but if that's all that we see, we can fall prey to walking or stumbling backwards into our future with no sight or vision for what's ahead. Did you get that? Do you agree? Okay, so we have Lando who's going to come a little, do a little bit of an object lesson. Pastor Jake did such a good job at an object lesson. But the, I want to go back to Philippians 3. So the Apostle Paul is saying, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved this, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. When I was younger, I remember I was part of King's Kids, and it was in missions, uh, Mission BC. Marilyn Wishart actually ran it, and we just thought we were something else. <laughs> We're pretty cool, probably pretty nerdy now that I think about it. But I can remember that Marilyn, the teacher that was leading us, she was talking about this scripture. And I remember her asking me, she said, what do you see in this scripture? And I was so young, but the first thing I saw was that the Lord was saying, you can't walk backwards into your future. We cannot walk backwards in your future. And when we're looking at the past too, too much, that's what happens. You're going to begin to walk backwards into your future. No, you don't need that one right now. That's the next one. We got lots of things. You're so sweet. Okay, so begin to walk backwards into your future. 
Now try to possess what the Lord has for you. Pretend I'm the uh, prize. Not quite the prize, but just try. Just keep going, keep going. And what is he doing? He's missing the mark. And that's, <laughs> you're good, you're awesome. Let's give it up for Lando. We'll do it again in a minute. We must be careful what we look at this season. There's something special about this season. There's something significant about this season because it's like the church is coming through the wilderness. And the Lord is saying, behold, I'm doing a new thing. So we just spent 21 days, 21 days. Who was fasting here? Just water, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're all the diehards. <laughs> I don't want to miss my moment. I don't want to miss my moment with the Lord. I don't want to miss what the king has for me this year. Like Ella, where's Ella? Where is she? You guys all look the same to me tonight. Oh, she's in kids' church. And um, did you guys do the Bible reading with the Stow, Stow, what's his name, Stovall? Stovall Weens. And it was really interesting hearing everyone's um, um, thoughts on the, on the fast, or on the, oh goodness, Bible plan this year. And I know a lot of the next gen loved the Bible plan this year because I think what it did was it really helped them understand what fasting really was, why we need to pray and fast. And I love the comment that Ella made. She said, you know what I've realized about prayer and fasting? She's like, I can do it more than just this 21 days. She's like, in fact, I think the Lord is causing me to go on more fast this year. And I said, honey, I said, I don't think you're wrong. I think the Lord's going to be calling our church, and maybe not on a corporate. But what I would say to you is um, don't be surprised if the Lord asks you to go on some personal fast this year so that you can take flight in deeper realms, that you can take flight in greater measures and uh, fulfill the things that the Lord has causing you to do. We don't just have to fast at the beginning of the year. There can be more for you. So just, just keep your, your eyes open to that. Um, but looking, let's talk about looking backwards into our future again. I, I was thinking about this scripture, uh, Psalm 137, 1 to 4, and you can turn there if you want or you don't have to. Um, but these were the Levites, and um, this is when they're in Babylon. But it said, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars, we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, now they're taunting them, okay, in quotes, sing us one of those songs of Zion. Sing us one of those songs of Zion. And their reply is, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while we're in a foreign land? My point being for this is we have to be careful again, I want to hit on this again, of looking back. Because what if we look back we can actually give the, too much, we can give the enemy entrance to our life. Judy and I have been talking about this a little bit. This is a little bit of a different spin on it. We have to be careful what we look at because we can give the enemy access to come into our thought life, to come into our mind, to, to begin to take over and assault us. You know, and here you can just say, so the enemy's taunting them. Well, sing us one of your songs of Zion now. It kind of makes me think of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. The enemy saying, well, if you were really the son of God, you could do this. And if you were really this, you could do that. You know, and, and maybe the enemy's tempting you in a way of, well, if you were really this, you'd be doing that. 
Well, if you were really called to lead worship, then you would be doing that. Oh, if you really had, um, if you were really called to preach, then you would be an incredible public speaker right now. We have to be careful what we look at this year. We have to be careful who we hang around this year because it matters. It matters to, to open the voice of the Lord to speak into our life and shut the door to the enemy and the voices that he tries to bring to bring the doubt. We got to keep the doubt out. So we've got to fix our eyes on Jesus. Amen. God is doing something new in your life. To receive the new, we must let go of the old. Okay, point number two, fixed and focused. Say fixed. Fixed and focused. Like a Fixed and focused. You know, I don't know how many times in my life that I've tried to be fixed and focused, but because I hadn't fully surrendered um, the things that the Lord had told me to forget, like Shredded Sunday last week, um, I didn't have the grace in my life to stay fixed and focused. We need to be mindful of services like last week. You know, and I don't want to take the joy. You guys might be like, was you sucking the joy out of my moment? No, I'm just trying to equip you for the days ahead, you know, to help make some pre-choice choices. Is that some of us even need to be maybe write down some of the things that the Lord told us to shred so that we remember not to go there. Who, ha- who might have been, who was tempted this past week in something that they shred? I was. I was. It was a thought. Are you nodding your head? Yeah. It was a thought that came into my mind, and immediately the Lord said no, and I said, okay, Lord, and I forgot about it. But I had to be mindful to stay fixed in focus. So we, and, and even in that moment, I had to cast that thought down at the feet of Jesus, and at the feet of Jesus, I know is the power to overcome that thought, amen, so that I can stay fixed and focused. There is grace in the place of surrender. So if you have a Bible, let's turn to Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. And Landall, can you come up here again? Actually, not yet. It's okay. It says, and let us run, say run, run, with perseverance, the race marked out for us, Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Say, fixing my eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy that set before him. He endured the cross. In Webster's 1828, it, it focus means the point of concentration. Focus is hard for people. People are like, oh, I'm, 88, I'm ADD, ADHD. I don't, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor, so Kelly would do a much better job of explaining all of that to me. I think, and I'm not saying none of those things are true, okay? Please hear my heart. But I think we got a focus issue in society today. I think we got a focus issue. And uh, I'm not going to get off on that. But focus means the point of concentration. I I think many of us sometimes in life, we're trying to run. We're, We're trying to you know, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, but we aren't fixing our eyes on Jesus. And we can't see the markers that God has for us because our eyes are looking on everything else. Our eyes, so Landel, can you come up here? We're going we're gonna to show you what this looks like. He's such a good sport. He knows he doesn't really have a choice, but. So it says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, 
fixing our eyes on Jesus. Okay, actually, let's bring someone. Lil, you want to come be Jesus? Come on. Just, you just have to, yeah, you, Lil. Isn't it so nice to have Lil and Gary here tonight, church? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Just, it's okay. Okay, so just go here. Okay. Yeah, you too. Okay, so just keep the mask, no, just keep the blinders off. So fixing our eyes here. Let's read the scripture exactly. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. How were they able to run? Because their eyes were fixed on, there you go. <laughs> okay, so run to Jesus. Run. No, you got to do this again. We got to run. No, you stay here. No, Jesus gets to stay still. That's okay. Run. Okay, go do that again. Yep, go do that again. And totally able to run, not stumbling, not falling, because he's looking to Jesus. Okay, so we're going to go do that again. But, but don't run yet. Now put the blinders on. See, when we're not fixed and focused, okay, hold on, just stay there. So maybe the stuff, just let's, church, let's just call some stuff out maybe that someone shred in the shredder. Pardon, what? Money problems. Okay, Jake, fear, someone else? Negative thoughts, who else? Yep, what else? Mm-hmm. Over here, quiet section. Fear? Two more. Rejection, that's a big one. Yep. One more. Oh, there you go. See, all of those things that you guys called out and more, if we don't forget them, if we don't take them to the cross of Christ on a daily basis, because if we go back to Philippians 3, it actually didn't say forget, it said forgetting. So we're going to be constantly in a state of cultivation in our life, of having to throw these things, lay them down at the feet of Jesus every single day. Now we have to forget, but not in our own strength. It's like, you know what, Lord? I surrender this anxiety. I surrender this depression. I surrender this feeling of not being more than enough. I surrender this fear at your feet. And, and I know that when I surrender it at your feet, there's going to be the grace to overcome. And it's going to give me hope. And I'm going to have clarity. And I'm going to have life. And you're going to give me a stronger sight to see. But see, when we're not, and then the forgetting to the fixed and focus. Now I'm able to be fixed and focused. But if I'm not forgetting, if, I, if I'm not forgetting it and shredding it, if I forget what happened last week, what happens is, is they slowly start coming back. The fear, the anxiety. sorry. Do you trust me? Okay. <laughs> but it becomes like blinders on our, on, our, on our eyes. And the enemy doesn't want us to have clarity this year. The enemy doesn't want us to be fixed in focus because the enemy wants us to stumble. He wants us to fall. He wants us to doubt ourselves. He doesn't want to walk in our calling because he knows if you're not walking in your calling identity, the chances are because you're so close that you're not going to and because you hang out so much then you're not going to, you can see it really matters. What happens in me will happen in you and it will happen in you and it will happen in you and it will happen in you. So now, with the blinders on, 
of everything that you're dealing with in life that you haven't surrendered to Jesus, I know you're probably scared. Can you see anything? <laughs> Perfect. So run to Jesus. Well, okay, stop. Okay, so just try. He can't even run, can he? What else is happening? He's kind of confused. He's kind of lost. He's scared. So that fear he's dealing with is begetting more fear in his life. He's missing the mark. Amen? Meanwhile, the Lord's got his arms out to him ready to love him. Okay, thank you, Landel. That was so good. Okay, so a few points on how to stay fixed and focused. These are focused, focused. These are just some sub-points here, okay? Number one, and some of these just are obvious. But I serve a God who tells me obvious things every day, like, did you read your Bible? <gasps> no, Lord, not yet. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. He's good like that. Number one, and this isn't exhaustive, we got to walk with Jesus. We got to walk with Jesus every single day. Number two, we got to quit talking the problems in our life and start declaring the promises of God over our life. Do you hear that? We got to quit talking the problems in our life and start declaring the solutions and the promises of God over our life. And in our homes, homes are a beautiful place because in homes we can begin to hold each other accountable. We need to begin to hold each other accountable not like the policemen, but because we love our brothers, we love our sisters, parents, we love our children. Children, you love your parents too. And be like, instead of declaring the problem, why don't you start declaring the promise and see what the God of the, or the, God of the promise will do in your life. Number three, the obvious one. We got to read our Bible every day. We got to read our Bible. Let's say every day. Every day. One more time. We got to read our Bible every day. Okay. Number four. This is such a big one right now. We got to guard our heart, church, like never before. If there was ever a season in history that we needed to guard our heart, it is now. We got to guard our heart, and we have to help guard the heart for the body of Christ we got to guard our own heart. we got to take our place in that. we got to help guard the heart of the body of Christ. Did you know that the human heart pumps 2,000 gallons of blood a day? The average human heart pumps 2,000 gallons of blood a day. That's 220,720,000 liters of blood in a lifetime. Hearts are pretty important. So if that's your physical heart, how much more important is your spiritual heart? Because we know that what happens in us spiritually often manifests itself in our Bible or in our body physically, right? Proverbs 4.23, if you're taking notes, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the... Out of it flows the... See, guarding our heart, church, will help increase our clarity as well. It will keep our love on, and it will keep our filters clean. Sometimes people aren't rejecting us. We just have filters in our heart where we're not seeing things or sensing things properly. Number five, we got to have a prayer life with the Lord. Let's say that. I need to have a prayer life with the Lord. We can't afford to skip. 
And can I encourage all of us this year, even if you have to make a list, lists can be really good because they hold us accountable. Let's pray for our families a lot this year. And then see what happens. Instead of complaining, let's pray for them. And let's pray for the loved ones every single day. Just begin to write a list or ask the Lord, Lord, who do you want me to pray for this year? Number six, be thankful. Say, be thankful. I think sometimes in life, especially when we get tired or even a season of like what we've been coming out of, we get tired. And again, that feeling of groundhog, you know, like we can just kind of get grumbly, you know. But let's, um, let's not have our eyes on what we don't have. Let's get thankful about what God has given us. Like even tonight being in this space, I'm so thankful that we actually get to gather tonight and not just online in the name of Jesus. I'm thankful for this Anglican church that has opened up its doors to us and they really want us here. I'm thankful that even as we gather tonight where the Bible says where two or three are gathered, that God's presence was here and it still is here. That is Holy Spirit, as we sang about Holy Spirit, fills our hearts and fills our life and helps make us fresh and anew. Number seven, be intentional with who you give your time to and hang around. This is part of the fixed and focus. Say, be intentional. You guys sounded really excited about that. Say, be intentional with who you give your time to and hang around. I read a business book years ago and it changed my life. I'm not here to sell the book, but it was called Essentialism. And I'm telling you, it caused me to be a lot more intentional about what I did with my time, who I spent my time with. We can't just give our time to everybody and everything. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, redeeming the time because the days are evil, making the most of every opportunity, not being unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Some of us are tired because we're just trying to do everything. And God's like, I didn't call you to do everything. I didn't call you to hang out with everybody. I've just called you to do the things that I've told you to do. Number eight, keep your eyes on Jesus. Say, keep your eyes on Jesus like Landel and what he's called you to do. Okay, number three, point number three, my favorite, one of my favorite words, forward. Say, forward. Forward. (laughs) You know, I think, and I said this already, I think many times in life we're like, okay, new year here's my list. This is what I'm going to do onward, and we're ready to go. It's like, who works out at a gym? You know, my favorite. (laughs) It was kind of not like that this year because things were shut down, but in past, what I love is like the first three weeks at the gym are packed. (laughs) They're just like packed. Like everyone's just like ready to go. I'm going to do it. But the only thing is that they didn't make a pre-choice choice of how they were going to stay moving forward when they wanted to give up because They might have shredded it, but they didn't forget it, and then they didn't have a plan to stay fixed and focused, so they couldn't go forward for too long, right? You know, we've got to let go of what was to be able to receive what is, surrender everything at the cross of Jesus Christ to receive the grace that God has for us. Exodus 14, 15, and I love this scripture so much. I was laughing about it the other day, and if you have a Bible, just just open it up. And this is when, right when the children of Israel were about to cross the Red Sea. And Moses is just having a time, and I can only imagine this internal conversation with the Lord. And he doesn't know what to do. He, well, he does. He just doesn't want to do it. But I love this, and, and I just, it just shows you how real the Lord, you know, you ever have real conversations with the Lord? Yes? 
real conversations or does he like thus hither, does he speak to you in hither or thither or are they just like weird like don't do that or shut up or you know no we don't say shut up <laughs> just Jake says shut up uh, <laughs> but I love this conversation that he's having with the Lord because the Lord says to Moses could you imagine millions of people that you've got to take you know cross the Red Sea into their promised land and the Lord's saying why are you crying to me Moses why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel to move forward. In a different translation, it says, the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Move forward. Move on. Oh, I like this one. In, in the NLT. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Get moving. Church, God wants to do something new in us so that he can do something new through us. I think sometimes, have you guys ever heard of, um, Kelly, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it's an actual psychological term, but they call it baby elephant syndrome. So, you know, because we've all been in the circus, I know you're going to know this story, but have you ever, um, or did you know that one of the ways I've been told, because I actually haven't tried it myself. But to train a baby elephant is they put a rope around the leg. Have you heard this before? Right. So, so it won't move. So it'll just stay in that one. So it does what it's supposed to do, stay put. So as the elephant gets older, they remove the rope, right? You know this story? So what happens as that elephant gets older? Anyone? And where's the rope? There is no rope. And that kind of makes me think of the body of Christ this year with the word forward. And in this translation where it says, get moving. Church, it's time to take flight. It's time to get moving. We've been in a season where it's like, you can't do this and you can't do that. And I'm not meaning, like, let's start up and I'm not talking revolution in all of this, okay? So if you hear me saying that, that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying spiritually, okay? God is saying, go forward. Get moving, shred it, forget it, stay fixed and focused. The plans that I have for you are so good. The dreams that I put into your heart are not just to tease you, are not just to taunt you that I've called you into the kingdom for such a time as this. He's saying, Hope City. He's saying, Come on, get with it, get moving. In the place, maybe in your in your life where you thought that there was limitations, and I can't do this because of this, and I can't do that because of that, or I don't have the right people, or I don't have enough money. The Lord's saying, Take the limits off. That that rope that you thought was, or that you think is around your ankle actually doesn't exist. That there's a lot of things that you can do. There's a lot of things that we can do. And as we focus our eyes and fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, church, we are going to receive the grace to walk into our promised land. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.